This is a podcast about co-working. The idea of multiple businesses and professionals working in a shared office environment. Specifically, the Box Jelly, Hawaii's first co-working space. We run a small radio station called Central Pacific Time, and we broadcast from the Box Jelly. Throughout the first season of this podcast, we'll follow Box Jelly's owner and co-founder, Chung Fujihira, as his business expands. We'll discover what it takes to run a co-working business and the ups and downs of growing a globally-minded, locally-immersed brand. I'm Leigh. And I'm Roger. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Thanks. Listening. Ready? Three, two, one. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. We moved into the Box Jelly in March 2018. When we first moved in, we had so many questions because to be honest, we didn't even know that Jelly existed. We met Ray Chung Fujihira earlier this year during a film screening in the White Box. Hi, my name is Ray Chung Fujihira. I am a co-founder and partner in Box Jelly, a co-working space based in Kakako, Honolulu, Hawaii. Before we go any further, let's paint a picture of the space itself. Located in Kaka'ako, an area of Honolulu that's undergoing serious development, the Box Jelly shares a warehouse with an interior design firm and shop known as Fishcake, as well as a popular coffee shop, Morning Glass. Co-working members are able to rent offices, desks, and conference rooms and move fluidly between the cafe, Fishcake, and Box Jelly throughout the day. It's a bustling place, but you might not know it from the curbside. Upon moving in, we asked a few members, what is co-working? It's a place where you pay money to have coworkers. You might work for yourself or might work with just a really small team and you don't really have any coworkers, but you like having coworkers. So you can actually pay money to work somewhere where there are coworkers, even though they're not part of your same company. Uh, coworking, oh my gosh, it's, it's a bunch of different things. Um, I think in theory, it's about the idea of bringing folks together uh, with common interests and sets of goals, building a sense of community, finding a way um, for all these folks to come together and be productive and network with one another. And it's about, uh, I think, expecting more of the, the modern workplace, trying to do it better, trying to do it smarter in a way that helps to really promote a work-life balance and inspire everyone. Yeah. <laughs> what is co-working? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. When you can't afford an office. (laughs) Wikipedia has a very cut and dry explanation, stating co-working is a style of work that involves a shared workplace. It's not only about the physical place, but about establishing a community. Co-working got its start in the mid-90s as hacker groups and tech startups in Berlin began pooling money to rent out a physical space. The term co-working was coined by Bernard de Coven, who wanted to identify methods for people to work together as equals within an office. Co-working spaces began popping up in major U.S. cities in the early 2000s, and in 2011, the Box Jelly opened, making it the first co-working space in Hawaii. When we talked to Ray Chung, he had a very similar description of what a co-working space is. Co-working space, from my knowledge, basically it started from these things called jellies. Finally, people had the freedom to work from their home, and they were finding that it was kind of lonely. So that what they would do is they would get together, say at someone's apartment, and work. And that was like a jelly. It's kind of like a study group for college kids, right? Eventually, they're like, hey, why don't we just all get our own space, right? 
co-working space evolved from that. Some people think it's kind of like a um, corporate office center or executive suites kind of thing. It's definitely a different animal. The energy is very different in co-working spaces. The character is different. A lot of times they reflect the personality of the owner. In the past few years, they've been growing a lot more. You know, like in Hawaii, I don't know, maybe there's like half a dozen spaces or something. No, so that's how we got our name. If you get in the water and you're living out here, you probably know that um, about a week after the full moon, we get box jellyfish. They come out of the middle of the ocean. They come to our waters. They sting a bunch of people for a few days and then they like, disappear again. Our idea was that we would pop up in underutilized spaces. So say it's like a restaurant that's only open at night. And we'd put everything you need in a co-working space in a van in the space and we'd, like pop it up. Or we would go like Kogi truck style and go to a park and like pop it up. Our first pop up was in Fish Cake. I actually didn't even know what co-working was. And I remember Rachel trying to explain it to me. That's Mara Fujihira, Rachel's mom and co-owner of Fish Cake. They were talking about jelly, jelly. He said people would jelly together and work together. And I remember sitting around our kitchen table with Rachel's friend Hassan, and um, they were trying to come up with a name. And then we came up with um, box jellyfish. And then eventually it got shortened to box jelly. From its original pop-up concept to occupying a physical space, the Jelly has developed a unique philosophy and origin story. What started out as a senior project in college quickly turned into a full-blown business. The primary person I co-founded it with is a man named Tony Stanford, and um, uh, we were schoolmates in college together at the Hogan Entrepreneur Program, Chaminade University. My friend Tony had been in Asia, and I was in China as well. He was in Cambodia. And, um, you know, we both had gone back and we're about to finish up our final year. And he basically was like, hey, let's go get uh, lunch at Bangkok Chef. We we were meeting up over there and he's like, dude, I got this brilliant idea. You don't know it yet, but you're part of my team. I want to build an airport lounge outside of my airport. I had been in China. I had an internship. I had a finance major, but they put me in this art place for whatever reason. As part of this art place, I went to a lot of gallery openings, dance events. There was this series called Chit Chat, and the Chit Chat series would have different people coming and talking about what they do. When I went there, I would always walk into this room and be all these people working. And I think it was the first co-working space in China. If not, it was the first one in Shanghai, pretty sure. I grabbed the postcard, put it in my moleskin. And so when Tony mentioned this airport lounge concept, I pulled this this postcard out. I was like, hey, dude, I think I've seen something like that. And it's this place. So we went into the Hogan program and built a team and started working. In the beginning, we couldn't get a place because no real estate agent was going to give a bunch of college kids some place, you know. <laughs> it's like, do you have a deposit? Like, no. Do you have, like, uh, any credit? No. Like, you know, like, it was crazy. My mom, they had sold a bunch of furniture and they had a little area in the back that was kind of empty. It was like, hey, we can just, like, pop it up in the back. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. We can, like, test our concept, right? Call it an MVP, minimal viable product. Let's test our concept. 
So we put like a sh- basically a bunch of sheets in the back of the furniture store. So you'd walk through a furniture store, and then you would like walk behind these sheets, and then that was like our original co-working space. It's really like a chicken and an egg. If you don't have a lot of startup cash, you have to kind of um, be creative, and you have to get members together. But members might not come if you don't have a space to show them. So that's how we uh, came about. To give the back part of fish cake to a small area in the back to them to get started. They started with a few tables that were all homemade. I remember spraying the legs red in the garage and things like that. But that's that's how they started, and then eventually they were able to take over more space on the side. Both mother and son share the same entrepreneurial spirit. Infusing their businesses with an artistic focus, Fishcake has a rotating gallery. Box Jelly has an artist in residence program. While the jelly is a place for businesses to operate from, it also acts as a space for the creative community. So I wanted to be a DJ, and I started hanging around a store called Flava and the Wig Shop. So the Wig Shop is a black barber shop. Remember when the movie The Barber Shop came out? It's like that. You know, I'd go there kind of late and soak it up, just listening to the people there and just pulling some kind of black culture that we don't have a lot of in Hawaii. You know, and then I started getting my hair cut and. On the other side, it was this clothing store with turntables, records. They had built this community, you know, and like it was very intentional. And the owner became a friend of mine and like a mentor. And then he gave me a book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I read the book and then started learning about business, you know. And he just took a lot of time to lock me on into a lot of things. So Duke was like an early mentor that really. I think it shifted my interest from music to business ideas. If I think about the first time there was like a sense of space and community that was really intentionally built, it would probably be those two places. And it's even kind of funny when you look at the box jelly now. I mean, this is like the first time I ever thought about this because you had a store and you had like a barber shop, and we have you know a fish cake and a box jelly and a morning glass, right? So it's kind of interesting that. We did something similar. Hawaii's real estate market is one of the most expensive in the nation, and tourism continues to remain the state's biggest economic force. Co-working, not so much. Mobile work took a little bit longer to grasp hold here. Certainly, the startup scene is a lot smaller than those places, and yeah, I mean, big cities are gonna, you know, catch on to things a lot quicker. And we're in the middle of the ocean. Like people are just kind of understanding. If I'm like, "Hey, I do co-working," they're like, "What?" Now it's like maybe one in every eight people are like, "Oh yeah, I know what that is." So it's catching on slowly. There, there was months where we'd just be kind of like sitting there, and I'm just like, "Uh, like when are people gonna come? Like, what is going on?" Right? Like, eventually we had our first couple customers. Chad Kahunahana was one of our early customers, and when Chad started, like we had no idea how to charge. We just had this space open, and we didn't. Have any kind of like membership model or rates or anything? So he like walked in and he had these sunglasses on and he's like, "I'm looking for a place to work." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. Like that's what we do. Yeah, yeah." And then he's like, "Um, can I get a desk?" And I was like, "Oh, good question. Yeah, 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 yeah." He's like, "Okay, cool. Like, I like my own desk and I'd like it right here." And I was thinking about, it. I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if we do that." You know, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess." I guess, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. He's like, okay, cool. Like, how much does it cost? I was like, oh, 
That's another good question. I have no idea. We were, we were far from business tycoons at the time, you know, but that was kind of like one of those one of those moments, early moments. It's funny, you know how Facebook pops up those things where you're just like, seven years ago, you know, like I had one where it's like seven years ago and it's like the box jelly with a sheet thing. So we had this co-working space going and then, you know, me and Tony were like, yeah, we're thinking about like expanding, you know, in different places. And these other tenants were subleasing from Fish Cake. And so maybe a week or two later, my mom's like, all right, cool. The other tenants are leaving. This other furniture is leaving. So you're going to start, <laughs> you're going to start in like a month or two or whatever. And I was like, me and Tony like, what? Like, we didn't even like say like we wanted to do it. Like, we don't even know where we're going to get the money. Like, we have no idea. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like all these, you know, but we ended up pulling it off. Right. But I think that kind of kick in the butt, like really was one of those kind of defining moments that like made us legit. Right now, the box jelly is expanding, but to expand, they needed to find the right partners. It wasn't until 2017 that Ray Chung finally found the right one, a Japanese company called The Company. We just entered into a partnership with a company out in Japan called The Company. The company has been growing quickly in Japan and also other places in Asia. With the company's growing portfolio of co-working spaces around the world, Japan, Singapore, Thailand, and now Hawaii, this partnership will be no small feat. For the Box Jelly, it means translating its brand's artistic and sometimes punk rock attitude into something profitable for everyone involved. The company is a co-working space. The first one was in Fukuoka. Right, so that's where we met him, and that's a whole story too. And the guy Jiro, he's he's cool, man. He's an interesting cat. Um, he dug what we do, and so here we are, making shit happen. GSD. GSD, get shit done. This is the first thing we saw everywhere at the Jelly. It's the motto here, and like so many other aspects of the Jelly, it needs some explaining. That's part of the reason why we started this podcast to find the answer to the questions we have about what is the box jelly. As small business owners who are taking much smaller risks, we can't help but wonder what this next chapter is going to look like for the Jelly and for Ray Chung. And now there's a whole team behind the project who we haven't mentioned yet, and we're going to get their input along the way. But our best guess is that this expansion won't be without setbacks, struggles, and stress. Is there anything you're worried about? The answer is yes. No, like, I mean, the other night, like, I didn't sleep, you know. I slept for, like, two hours. Like, there are things that keep me up at night. Um, YouTube is one of them. Uh, I was, like, looking up the, the Drake and uh, uh, Pusha T battle and, like, conspiracy theories behind it. I have my own. Should I share it on this podcast or is this not quite the right place? But anyways, like, um, things that worry me... keeping it together personally you know because there's a lot of people that are depending on on that um and keeping keeping the team making sure the team is taken care of in multiple ways and not not sucking as a human being you know especially as as if if things go the way we hope they do and it gets crazy, right? Um, if we lose track of what we're trying to build, 
you know, at least we have it documented now and I can listen to it and be like, dude, that's what we're doing. Um, you know, we want to be good to our members. You know, maybe uh, lo losing the ability to do what we want to do is scary because we've always bootstrapped everything and you know we've done things in ways deliberately so we would be able to do what make the decisions that we want to make so giving some of that up is um a little bit scary you know there's more specific things but you know and of course you know always being able to have the air which is the cash flow you know um but you know fuck it The new space is set to open sometime at the end of the year. We'll be checking in with Ray Chung and the Bakshali team along the way. This podcast will be covering topics of money, doing business overseas, rapid expansion, life-work balance, and probably so much more. We're about to find out. So stick with us. Don't forget to subscribe. And most of all, thank you for listening.